Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 6th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, a couple things here before we get into the news. First up, this week on Broadway, anything big planned for Sunday that you can tell us about yet? We do that every week. Well, I mean, yeah, you do the show every week. <laughs> oh, I guess uh, we better plan something then. All right. Okay. <laughs> Nothing Fair enough. Uh, okay, just normal good stuff. All right. Well, before we get into the to the show proper, I did want to give a little bit of information. Len Manuel Miranda again doled out the information about his upcoming single released to benefit the victims of Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico through tweet. He first sent out a picture that said, y'all, when I said all hands on deck for Puerto Rico, I mean all hands on deck. And it's a picture of Lynn and Stephen Sondheim holding a small Puerto Rican flag. So apparently Stephen Sondheim will be involved in some way or another. And I guess that's at least has to do with the fact that the name of the single is almost like praying, which hits you. I got goosebumps just saying it because not only... Is that a reference to West Side Story, which had half of the cast is Puerto Rican. Also, the name of the hurricane is Maria, which is what is almost like prank. I, as Lynn says on Twitter all the time, chess, not checkers, James. Wow. That is. <sighs> yeah. I'm so I mean, excited. Um, are we going to be able to get a uh, preview of it? Um, I don't know. By the time this episode comes out, it will be out, though. So when you are hearing this, it is available somewhere. And I can pretty much guarantee that Lynn will be on all of your social media feeds and probably theater sites and other pop culture and news sites pimping it as well. It looks like he is filming um, an episode with Chris Hayes for MSNBC, probably as we speak, because Chris Hayes just tweeted it out. They went to college together, I think, or at least they were at Wesleyan at the same time. So that should be fun. Wow. Great. Well, not to bury the lead, but first up in the news, Lincoln Center finally announces My Fair Lady cast. Yeah, James, the day that many theater fans thought might never happen is finally here. As yesterday, the Lincoln Center Theater finally announced some of the principles for the upcoming Broadway revival of Lerner and Lowe's masterpiece, My Fair Lady. As we discussed before, rumors have been circulating for weeks or months uh, at this point, that Drama Desk winner and Six Feet Under TV star Lauren Ambrose will play Eliza Doolittle. That, in fact, was confirmed yesterday, but pretty much nothing else about the announcement of the way that people expected it to. James, you know that the rumors for years have been that Colin Firth had been pursued for the role of Henry Higgins when different producers were helming the show. And when that appeared to fall through in recent months, rumors started floating around that people like Hugh Laurie was in the running. And Michael Musto even reported in his column this week that Robert Downey Jr., was being discussed and he was even saying that certain movie star was saying that he was cast. That actually did not happen (laughs) because, um, while director Bartlett Shear didn't go 180 degrees in the opposite direction, it was 150 or 160 degrees because he announced that Harry Hayden Payton or Patton, um, would be playing the role. Um, Hayden Patton, might be familiar to viewers of British prestige period television as Bertie on Downton Abbey and Martin in the crown. James, I have to admit I've watched every episode of the crown 
and I still have no idea who this guy is. Uh, however, uh, Broadway fans are very familiar with the actor playing Alfred P. Doolittle, Eliza's father, while the consensus seemed to be that Bart Shear regular Danny Burstein would be playing the scene-stealing role. Instead, it went to two-time Tony winner Norbert Leo Butts. Didn't see that one coming. The final bit of casting released yesterday was that Dame Diana Rigg would return to Broadway as Mrs. Higgins. Now, just in case you're wondering, Ambrose will be 40 years old when performances begin. Hayden Patton will be 36, and Norbert Leo Butts will be 51. You do the math. Well, as we've said, uh, on this show before, ages on stage are a little more pliable than they are on screen. But this is obviously a fairly unconditional approach to casting James, both with making um, Henry Higgins younger than Ambrose and making you know, Alfred, like 11 years older than than Eliza. Obviously, you know, age is just a number on stage, but it's it definitely gives it a different a, a feel when Ambrose appears older than her Henry Higgins. But anyway, that's just one of the many things that fans seem to have taken issue with your friend Bart's casting when it was finally announced yesterday. Wow. Blown away. Unconventional casting is the understatement of the of the day. Wow. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I just, you know, but, and, well, you know, uh, people who I tre- have tremendous amounts of respect for say that Lauren Ambrose is going to blow us away. So, okay. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is I don't think that anyone in their right mind would doubt Bart Shear's casting ability when it comes to big, lavish musical revivals from the golden age. It's just unexpected when we've heard so many Broadway sopranos say they want to do this role. And then he casts somebody who one He previously cast as Fanny Bryce in a revival of funny girl that never came to fruition. You don't think of a lot of women who are able to do Fanny Bryce and Eliza Doolittle. And the fact that no one has ever heard her sing like this, at least not professionally. And people keep saying, oh, she's a classically trained opera singer. That very well may be true, but I can't find any proof of it online. And trust me, I've tried. There's a little thing on her Wikipedia page that said she did like a two-week summer camp at Boston Conservatory when she was in high school. That's all I can find. But anyway, um, the thing with Higgins being younger than her, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it can work. You know, dramaturgically, he could be kind of like a spoiled man child. I get that. I don't know that that's as interesting to me. I'm kind of over the whole spoiled man child thing Mm -hmm. that we've seen in movies for the past 20, 30, 40 years. Oh, I thought you meant the presidency. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's a good point. Well done there. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it just seems uh, I, I, I don't know. I've said before, My Fair Lady is the show that got me into loving theater. And this is just I'm not saying this is bad because, like I said, you can't argue with Bart and his track record, but it just caught me off guard. It's interesting that you, uh, since you're unable to find footage of Lauren Ambrose uh, <laughs> singing, I, you know, 20 years from now, that's going to be impossible for any actor or actress because we live in the age of everything being recorded now. Well, yeah, well, and let me let me be clear. There is plenty of footage her, of her singing, but not in a style that's similar to My Fair Lady. It is very jazzy, much more in a more of a 
of a lower register. There's no head voice involved at all. Um, so I, you know, there's definitely, she sings in a band that's performed at Joe's pub and stuff, but nothing that would even remotely border on what you would expect from Eliza Doolittle. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's move on to show and casting news. Moulin Rouge musical finds a list creative team. Yeah, James, as we've discussed before, the iconic Baz Luhrmann movie musical Moulin Rouge is getting the stage adaptation treatment with Tony winner John Logan writing the book and Alex Timbers directing. Well, on Thursday, producers announced more members of that creative team, including the always interesting Sonia Taya as choreographer, Tony-winning set designer Derek McLean, Tony-winning costume designer Catherine Zuber, and more. James, the press release says, quote, the premier engagement of Moulin Rouge the musical will be announced soon. I hate that word soon. It's too vague. I want details. But they followed up by saying, quote, casting will be announced in the coming months. That's the most interesting part there, James. The last workshop presentation reportedly featured Rebecca Naomi Jones as Satine and Benjamin Walker as Christian, the roles played by Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor, respectively, on film. Again, casting that I would not have thought of, but to me, James, that casting is far more interesting than the My Fair Lady casting. Yeah, that's very, very true. I mean... I'm just excited to see just the sets and costumes yes. just for Moulin Rouge alone, and not to mention uh, if they land a cast along those lines. That's going to yeah. be really amazing. Well, and that's one of the things about Moulin Rouge and everything Baz Luhrmann does. It's that they're so visually and stylistically stunning that it'll be interesting to see how they do it on stage. Obviously, he did um, uh, La Boheme on Broadway not too long after Moulin Rouge came out. And it had that same red curtain vibe that he does on a lot of his movies. So he has experience translating his visual look from screen to stage. Um, if you can do that again, this I love this movie. This came out when I was in high school and I – Loved it and sang many a Moulin Rouge song at karaoke, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that Bohème was right in the middle of No Man's Land. It was an opera and it was mm -hmm. a musical theater and it couldn't find an audience, but it was stunning to look at. And just yeah. amazing talents on stage as well. Alfie, Alfie Bow included. Yeah. The Royal Family of Broadway will finally get a world premiere. Yeah, James, we talked about this one earlier uh, yeah. on Thursday when the announcement came out. But yesterday, the Barrington Stage Company announced that the world premiere, two decades in the making, of Tony winner William Fenn's The Royal Family of Broadway will be coming to Pittsfield, Mass. in June of 2018. With music and lyrics by Bill Fenn, the book of the show is by his spelling bee collaborator, Tony winner Rachel Schenken, and is based on the play by George F. Kaufman and Edna Ferber. Throughout the years, Finn has worked on this show, but it has never seen an actual performance before. At one point, the late great Elaine Stritch was attached, and a recent workshop reportedly saw Carolee Carmelo and Penny Fuller involved. The show is set in the 1920s and centers on, as the show's title suggests, a famous family of Broadway actors, and it's loosely based on the legendary Barrymore family. Um, but basically, it centers on three generations of actors in the family, an aging grand dame, a Broadway star looking for love, a self-centered, boozing leading man who has fled for Hollywood, and a promising ingenue, each having to make pivotal choices in their lives. The show will be choreographed by Joshua Burgass and will be directed by John Rando. Back uh, late 90s, early 2000s or so, mm -hmm. 
Uh, I thought Laura Benanti was somewhat uh, attached to this project back in the day, but certainly <laughs> it's it. it I you know I was trying to think which one she would have fit into, and then you said a promising ingenue. Yeah, back in that point, that that, that would have been her. Um, But let's just say this. Our friends over at The Interval, there was a lot of shade going on involving both uh, Laura Benanti and Kelly O'Hara and Betsy Wolf when that My Fair Lady casting thing came out. Mm -hmm. Go – Go for I love you know I love Laura Benanti she is my favorite um we're very kind of friendly and stuff but go check out some of the things she's been liking on Twitter it's very funny very funny lately unless she unlikes them but there was some funny stuff going on there um anyway let's get back to this James um yesterday it was reported that TV creator Brian Fuller um in, a, in an interview with Vanity Fair has said that he would like the great Tim mentioned to adapt his television show, pushing daisies for the Broadway stage. That's about perfect. Isn't it? There's been talk. James, we've talked about pushing daisies being a musical on this show before, but Tim mentioned seems to be the perfect guy. If you're unfamiliar with pushing daisies, it had to do with a pie maker who had the ability to bring dead things back to life just by touching it. Except the fact that once he touches something that he's brought back to life again, it dies forever including his childhood crush, whom he brought back to life and then can no longer touch. It's a crazy show, but it was so good. It starred Lee Pace, Anna Friel, Shy McBride, Kristen Chenoweth won her Emmy for this, Rolo Esparza, Ellen Green, Susie Kurtz, and more. I think Tim Minchin would be fantastic on this. I don't know if after the rough road that uh, Groundhog Day had that he wants to jump back on that horse again. And this is such a weird concept. I don't know if it would work, but if anyone can make this work, Tim Mention would be it. I loved Pushing Daisies. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. It's, such a good show. It And it's way, way too early. All right. Uh, oh, here's out of left field. Or actually center court. No, not left field. Yes. <laughs> from in the corner. A three-pointer from the corner. Yes. Um, downtown. From downtown. downtown thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, James, the Houston Rockets general manager, Daryl Morey, is a bit of an anomaly in the world of professional basketball. Originally from Medina, Ohio. Thank you very much. He is a computer science degree with an emphasis on statistics from Northwestern. And he has an MBA from MIT. While statistical anal- uh, and, while statistical analytics have been common in baseball for 15, 20 years since Billy Bean adopted Bill James's Sabre metrics into his Moneyball philosophy, Maury is one of the first executives to use similar principles in basketball. Now, you're probably asking yourself why Matt is talking about nerdy sports stuff when he should be talking about nerdy theater stuff. Well, I will tell you that to I, I told you all that to let you know that Daryl Morey is not your normal sports big shot executive, as evidenced by the fact that his new musical, Small Ball, is in the middle of a workshop before a six-week run at Houston's Catastrophic Theater next April. Now, Morey didn't write it, but he is the show's producer and has been intimately involved in its development from the beginning, including trying out songwriters. The creative team includes playwright uh, Mikkel Mayer, he's writing the book, and Meryl Von Dijek and Anthony Berea are the show's composers. But apparently everybody is kind of working together on things right now. Maury told the New York Times, quote, we're just a bunch of friends doing this at this point. I guess we do have official titles, book writer, composer, director. So I'm a producer of some ilk, whether that's executive producer or just producer, I provide the money. Makes sense. Um, And once you hear the show's concept, you will see that Maury 
is not only not your normal NBA executive, he's not your normal musical producer either, because this thing is so weird. I love it so much. Okay, so the story centers on a newly discovered island nation that decides to join the modern world by fielding a team for an international basketball competition. The country, Lilliput, yes, from Gulliver's Travels, proceeds to sink its entire treasury into building a court and signing Michael Jordan. No, not that Michael Jordan, a journeyman point guard who just happens to have the same name as the iconic star. One obstacle in Jordan's way is the fact that all of his teammates are six inches tall. They're from Lilliput. In addition, the country has no concept of the number five, so the coach is limited to just sending four players onto the court at a time. This is so – okay. According to the creators, the show addresses important themes such as how does a small community find its way inside the larger world that it inhabits. James, I love the concept for the attack of the Elvis impersonators earlier this year, and that one didn't really pan out. But I love every single thing about this show. So I really hope that it ends up being a big hit or even a Lilliputian-sized hit so I can see it at some point. Six-week run in Houston Catastrophic Theater. It's a workshop, so they have no public performances? No, no, no. The workshop is – I'm sorry. The workshop is going on now. There will be a six-week run in April. So those are two separate things. Okay. Oh, I wonder if we can get there in April. That sounds too (laughs) much fun. It just sounds great. All right. So uh, we have to, I have to remember these things. I think about these things and I'm like, I forget them tomorrow. All right. So, uh, oh, this is an interesting, interesting topic. Will the boss be Tony eligible? Yeah, James, you know, I love it when theater gets, normal pop culture exposure, but uh, Gordon Cox over at Variety has an, has an article about whether or not Bruce Springsteen will be a Tony contender, and I, I think he leaves out some pretty important information. Anyway, so what his article basically says at, says at this point is that the producers of the show are currently deciding whether or not to make the show Tony eligible and therefore have to pony up about 1,700 tickets to Tony voters. Or will they go the route of Jake Gyllenhaal's Sunday in the Park with George last year and forego Tony eligibility so they don't have to give out tickets to voters? Um, I guess he kind of supposes that if they do become Tony eligible, they might have to extend again just to make sure that they have enough seats to get the Tony voters in. Um, But, James, what would he be eligible for? They got rid of that special – event category a few years ago they said that he is sticking rigorously to a script in order to make it more acceptable to tony voters but this they're not going to say this is a musical is it i mean they got you know that they had that category that um that elaine stretch won and that um will ferrell's you're welcome america won but they don't have that special event tony category anymore so what in the world is it going to be a play with music? Is it going to be a musical? That's the big thing that's left out in Gordon Cox's article. And I just don't know what the heck he would be eligible for. Maybe, maybe score. Maybe they'll just give my, um, a special Tony. Could be, it could be, but he, I don't think he could do score cause it's existing work. Not written right. originally unless yeah, it has to have like, some, yeah. yeah, it has to have like 60% written for, um, the stage for it to count is in the score category. So you're right. Um, but he does have just for uh, point of inf- information here, he already has an Oscar and several Grammys. So if he did get a Tony of some sort or another, he would be just um, an Emmy aware. If he got a Tony, he would just be an Emmy away from EGOT status. <laughs> wow. All right. In, 
And I was just going to say, one of the things that Gordon Cox does mention is that Tony voters are really waiting just because they can't get tickets just like nobody else can get tickets. So they're really just hoping they get the free ones. Uh, they might give him a Tony just for letting him in the door. <laughs> this is true. I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give him a Tony for that. <laughs> <laughs> What's up in the recommendation section? I got a couple things here. First, um, NPR's Code Switch, which is a, a blog about um, race and, and identity um, over on NPR, and they have a podcast as well. But they had a great article from one of the podcast hosts, Kate Chow, about the new musical K-pop, which we have talked about um, a number of times. She interviewed um, the writer of the show, Jason Kim. It was really cool. Um, I have the link in the show notes if you want to check that out. It goes in-depth into the show, how it um, came to be, some of the casting and all of that stuff. And then another um, K-pop related recommendation is Ashley Park, who is starring as Mui in the show K-pop and also as Gretchen Wieners in uh, in Mean Girls. Apparently she was doing the show last night and her boss, Tina Fey, decided to come and see the show. And then after the show, they walked the runway that I guess is part of the show. And it's on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So you've got um, <laughs> Ashley Park, who I still think probably would have been the best choice for Eliza Doolittle. You've got her walking the runway in costume with Tina Fey in a T-shirt and jeans. It's very funny. I love Tina Fey. Whether she's walking a catwalk or serving cheese fries, it's so good. Um, and then my final recommendation, James, is – Apparently, someone on the interwebs decided that they were going to mash up two of the best things in the world, and that is Sweeney Todd and the Muppets. Uh, it's so good. He is this. The, this guy does a lot of. His name is just Adam B. He's on YouTube. Has a bunch of of theater related videos. He's an actor and singer uh, in New York. Um, but he matched these two things up together, um, and it's so funny. Um, I'm calling it Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Skeeter Street. That's not its official name, but so good. That's not a great way to get your weekend started. I don't know what is. Wow. Uh, second reference of the Muppets in one week. Manamana. Do, 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 do. You like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did. All right. So we have uh, Caitlin Milligan's Off the Stage. Yeah, James, this is a new segment that we're going to have on every Friday, letting you know what is coming up over the weekend and then uh, the next week for theater performers, but not necessarily theater performances, whether that's cabaret things, festivals or anything else. So our friend Caitlin Milligan has the first edition now. Hello today on Broadway listeners. This is Caitlin Milligan with the first edition of Off the Stage where we talk about what Broadway stars are doing off of the Great White Way. First up is Elsie Fest, this Sunday, October 8th, at Summer Stage in Central Park. Hosted by Elvis Duran, this features Alan Cumming, Leah Michelle, Darren Chris, special guests Ingrid Michelson, Norm Lewis, Jeremy Jordan, and more. A portion of the proceeds benefits Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. Also on Sunday, October 8th, is My Favorite Year in Concert, a 25th anniversary celebration at 54 Below. The authors of My Favorite Year are set to mark the 25th anniversary of the musical with two concert performances featuring a revised book, additional new songs, a new company, and some old friends. Featuring Douglas Sills, Adam Chandler Barat, Richard Kind, Caroline O'Connor, Kara Lee Carmelo, 
Rose Hemingway, and Stephen Ang. The first show is at 7 p.m., with doors at 5.15 p.m., and the second show is at 9.30 p.m., with doors at 8.45 p.m. Don't miss out on 54 Sings Lennon, a Broadway reunion this Monday, October 9th at 9.30 p.m. at 54 Below. Come and celebrate John Lennon's 77th birthday with an all-star concert reuniting members of the original Broadway cast of Lennon, featuring Will Chase, Mandy Gonzalez, and more. On Monday, October 9th, you could also head out to Birdland Jazz to see Santino Fontana make his Birdland concert debut. Doors are at 5 p.m. and the show starts at 7 p.m. Finally, celebrate John Prine's birthday with a show at Rockwood Music Hall, Stage 2, featuring Johnny Gallagher and Friends, on Tuesday, October 10th. Better known by his stage name, John Gallagher Jr., Gallagher released his first studio album, Six Day Hurricane, and he often performs at the Rockwood. Join him Tuesday to celebrate Prine's 71st birthday with a show. Doors are at 10.15 p.m. with the show starting at 10.30 p.m. The event is 21 and over. That's it for this week's edition of Off the Stage. Check back next Friday as I highlight the can't-miss shows in the upcoming week. All right, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWBMatt, and subscribe to Something Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. Uh, come back and visit us on Sunday for This Week on Broadway, and Matt and I will be back on Monday in your ears to start off the week. Mm-hmm.